So Nick, if you could give anybody any advice who's who's just starting out in the trade, what would it be? Um, they're basically looking at a lifetime of great fun, but it won't be very easy to get there. It's an easy business to get into for sure. You just buy yeah. a car and you advertise it, and you're in business. But it's not a very easy business to stay into and to to stay profitable. So I would, I think what I would say is do what I did back in the day and what everyone does that I know of. Just pick a couple of dealers that you quite like their setup and their online presentation and everything else and see what they do and then try and replicate what you consider to be their best, their very best practices. And it's yeah. very difficult to try and copy a business from the outside because you can see somebody on Facebook, for example, on Instagram. Yeah hugging customers and giving them four car keys every weekend, but you need to know what they paid for the car, what they sold it for, what they spent on it in between to understand whether they're being profitable or not. But in general, if there is a business out there or a company um, or a dealer or a dealership that does something that you like, emulate them to start and then take it from there. I can't think of anything more important. Obviously, there are a hundred and actually a thousand little important things, but you'll, you'll get there as you go along. And did you, do you remember any traders that you looked up to when you first started? When I first started, unfortunately, we didn't have any, there wasn't any forum, there weren't any of the groups, but there was this guy, he was, um, his name was Peter Simpson, and he was like a small-time newspaper editor, he isn't hugely known, and he was editing um, a magazine called Practical Classics, but he also had a small publication that he was producing himself, it was called Home Trader about trading cars from home. And he had an eBay, um, eBay account to sell cars. Right. And I looked basically every car that he listed, every car that he bought, uh, bought I would have looked through his descriptions and, and then what he used. Basically, my, my company name, lovelycars.com, it, it started from all my eBay listings had the word lovely on most of them in front of <laughs> yeah. the car because I've, I had been told to have the 55 character length on the title back in the day that was super important so i used to put the word lovely because this is the word that he used and when you read his descriptions his cars weren't perfect you know he said there was a mark here or a mark there and it's been used and everything but um it's a lovely example and lovely this and lovely that and this is this is where i got it from basically and he's um the first one i can think of over the years i've looked at many trader adverts and many dealers that do various things and yeah. Uh, some practices I've adopted immediately, like straight away I see something and immediately I go online and edit my own advert and I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's, it's the thing to do. I think if somebody is doing something right, it's um, copy them and it's the ultimate form of flattery. And if some, somebody is doing something that I don't like, I've been vocal over the years and I've told people, I think what you're doing isn't, isn't the best thing possible. You could do, do it better or... Yeah. Yeah, you know how we always try and on these forums we try and pinpoint the best possible practices and it's it's so difficult isn't it what works for one doesn't work for another what works here doesn't work over there and there is no end to this you can try and copy people but at the end of the day you just find what what works best for you absolutely you adapt you adapt as you go and you, you can't be static you can't just start one business and operate it in exactly the same way for 30 40 50 years without changing a thing i mean you can and for some businesses it it works reasonably well yeah but i think that just little changes over time add this and take away that here or there and ultimately you've got a much sleeker much better operation much more profitable and it's much more fun working it as well when when you're doing it in the best ways possible 
there are some practices out there that are downright, I don't know what word to use, just exhausting to, to, to use them, to operate them. Once you, you see what these are, you just eliminate them completely. And, and something yeah. else to add to the advice to the younger people that I didn't think of before, try and learn where, the, where you have to stop with the preparation, where, the, yeah. where to stop spending money on what's essentially a used item and try to learn what you can get away with. Because ultimately, that's not exactly cutting corners. It's just knowing what people want. And once you learn it, your costs will fall dramatically. And yeah. when you don't spend, it goes in your pocket, basically. If, if you can keep the margin the same, ultimately try and learn where to stop with all this spending that we have yeah. on every corner, every bumper to bumper, top to bottom. Yeah. Because if, as, if you as, did, if you did, well you wouldn't be making any money. You wouldn't make any money if you made a car perfect. It depends on, it depends on the margin. I mean, if you're Tom Hartley Jr. and if you bought a Ferrari for 350000 but if you'll sell it for eight seven five, it doesn't matter that you spent 250000 on a complete restoration. There is yeah. still big money in it for him. But we're talking the average dealer that buy a car for, buys a car for £600 and they need to sell it for 1400 for example. Yeah. And this £800 in between, as soon as you drive out of the auction gate, various other costs start adding to that, whether it's fuel, whether it's uh, tax, whether it's advertising, a hundred other things that you don't even know that exist in the world of used cars, you start paying for them. So that the, the quicker you learn where to stop this spend or what you can get away with, yeah. I think that the better, but it takes time. No matter what car you get, it's a, well, if you're buying a second-hand car, there's always something. There's always something. You can have a car with full service history, beautiful bodywork, but there's a key missing. You, there's always something. Do you get many perfect cars that tick every box? Occasionally, very, very occasionally. And with the online buying now, I've got, my stock is, is kind of two types now. The almost perfect cars that I buy online, which are three years old, and there is very little to go wrong with them in the space of, 20 30,000 miles that they've traveled yeah yeah and then on the yeah. other end of the scale are the part exchanges which we take against them and which are quite happy to retail and i, I earn the same money out of those if, if not even more yeah and i adapt as i go you know the newer car some things are very important for the newer car they're less important on it like for example service history three years old one service stamp well that's full when it's done twenty thousand miles and the service yeah. was done at fifteen thousand. that's a full service history right there and yeah. at the same time, you can have a seven-year car with a five service stamps and you've got a service missing yeah. and you've got a key missing, for example. You've got a booklet pack missing, rear parcel shelf, and all these things, if you need to replace them, £100 here, £25 there, yeah. £175. And suddenly, the 800 margin that we started with, it's, yeah. it's down by half and you haven't even done anything significant to it yet. <laughs> <laughs>